8.06 Sunday evening. I'm Eddie Aragon, the Rock of Talk on AM 1600, KIVABQ.FM, rockoftalk.com. We are Sunday Night Live, taking all calls as well. 505-266-1600. That's 505-266-1600 right here in the Kiva. We're going to do a little wrap on the weekend and jump uh, headlong into the weekday. Monday through Friday, you can catch me 4 to 7 along with uh, the Dow 3000. Uh, we call it the Rock of Talk. And glad to be here with uh, you and yours as we uh, embark upon what seems to be a changing uh, progression of things that are happening in the world. Inflation going up, interest rates going up, economy going down, and uh, looks like the good times are over. But that's why we here in Talk Radio Land are here to satisfy uh, every single part of you. Uh, by making sure that you are informed, and we'll go ahead and uh, take your calls uh, here this evening. Uh, many of you expecting Mark Moss. Uh, we're going to be doing this, I think, going forward uh, as we prepare to do more and more national stuff. Um, recently, I embarked upon a trip back east, went to Washington D.C., and uh, really started to talk about, you know, uh, how to kind of expand and broaden what we're talking about here in the Rock of Talk. So many of you guys have you know, been doing a lot of things uh, to empower and push and tell other people, you know, friends, family members from everywhere else, uh, from here to there and uh, everywhere about uh, our radio station and about our program. And we appreciate that. And uh, we've gotten some notice and I filled in for some national shows, John Gibson being one of them, Steve Sanchez, another guy I've uh, filled in before. Uh, We've uh, filled in and done some national stuff for Bill Handel on the law. And uh, I enjoy doing radio. Uh, radio is kind of what I do. And uh, if I'm not doing radio, I'm not happy. And so when I went to Washington, D.C., met with some people, it was pretty cool because uh, we were starting to talk about, well, you know, there's this sort of dead spot in talk radio, and I, I want to fill it. And I want to, you know, get my voice out there. You know, Glenn Beck is great. Uh, however, Glenn talks to a lot of other people. He has like three or four people. Sometimes I can't tell where Glenn Beck's voice is exactly. Um, you know, I don't know if he's Pat or Stu or Glenn. Um, like he is not the main feature all the time. Like he's there. He's being a little bit snarky. Um, we of course know his ebbs and flows when it came to uh, when it comes to Donald Trump, and uh, that hasn't been there as far as I'm concerned uh, for me. Uh, for something I could fill in in the morning because Glenn's good and he's got his uh, formula and it works. Um, and then, of course, there's other networks as well. You know, Salem Networks has uh, their blasts and uh, the uh, radio personalities that they put on in the morning. And then, <clears throat> well, you know, we've got Clay and Buck. They've uh, filled in, uh, you know, for the, the big man upstairs now. Uh, the other big man, I should say, and that is the late, great Rush Limbaugh. And uh, we lost him back on February 17th of 2021. And those are shoes that are never going to be filled one of the great things about uh, Clay and Buck is you have Clay, uh, who is an attorney. He comes from a sports radio background. He's willing to take risks, and he has a huge personality uh, in that uh, he he's he's a punter. He makes uh, bets. He talks, you know, and he's able to back it up. He, uh, you know, takes big risks. He's probably the guy uh, that you probably wanted to follow for the Derby. He's the guy that probably bet on the 81 winner this weekend. You know, they, 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 that's who he is. Buck is a different guy. He's a New York City guy. You know, he's a prep school guy. Uh, he's from the CIA. These are things that he's done uh, in the past. He's uh, I'm a big Buck fan. I've been Team Buck for, I don't know, a good part for the last five, 10 years. He was part of Glenn Beck's uh, entourage, if you will. And uh, we certainly like uh, Buck. 
Sean Hannity is now the treadmill. He's the guy that's been there. He is now the new calling card. He's number one in talkers. Um, he's got 600 plus affiliates. Sean Hannity, Hannity is it. And uh, he is Fox News. He is the guy. Now, for as many of you love who love Sean Hannity, there is, you know, the other guy, which is Tucker Carlson. I know many of you want Tucker. You want Tucker all the time. Tucker takes a, an, an inordinate amount of effort to produce. He's probably got 10 producers, probably six or five, uh, five or six different people who are filling in with all of the uh, different uh, sound bites. They're getting it just right. But he has been getting it right for a very long time. And, you know, Tucker is sort of the uh, penultimate, uh, you know, um, a conservative personality, I think, moving forward. He is supplanted Bill O'Reilly. Many of you don't miss Bill O'Reilly because you now have Tucker Carlson. I know it's rare that I get to, a chance to sort of talk about all of the uh, various talkers around the horn, but uh, ladies and gentlemen, here it is. Uh, for those of you who aren't listening online, listening on the AM station, you have four minutes until we power down. So you might want to go to kiva.am or abq.fm, download our app or rockoftalk.com. Uh, so, uh, of course, we have our show, which is live, and you have the fast-talking um, new conservative uh, neocon in Ben Shapiro. Ben's great. I mean, you know, we have him on the radio station. I don't share many of Ben's opinions. Uh, I think that, you know, he, like Glenn Beck, is, uh, sort of uh, had bad timing uh, on some things. But, you know, by and large, he is, you know, his takedowns on the university campuses where he is squaring off against uh, certain types of personalities. People are like, oh yeah, uh, we really like that. And that's where he sort of uh, made his game. That's where Ben Shapiro became Ben Shapiro. That's where you became a fan of Ben Shapiro is when he you know, got into these quick talking, fast talking, never skipping a beat. He's an attorney. I don't know that he's an attorney or he just has a law degree. I think he has, he's an attorney actually. I think he may have actually taken the bar. And then, of course, he likes to tout the fact that he's married to a doctor all the time, which is interesting. And then, of course, uh, for those of you like, man, man, yeah, yeah, Mark Levin, I can't listen to Mark Levin, like not for a second. I cannot listen. And his neocon pro-Ukrainian, back it up, save democracy is just a bunch of wishy-wash stuff. Uh, we do have, uh, you know, our evening guys uh, who come in after me, Dana Lash. Um, when she's on, she can be good. Uh, not as good as I'd like her, her to be. Um, I want to say probably the strongest guy on our radio station. Um, maybe besides me, I guess, depending upon the day. <laughs> is that, is that saying too much? Uh, you know, I'm looking up at my producer and I'm like, well, uh, is that saying too much? Uh, maybe it is, you know, maybe it is. I, I don't know. I don't know how to really kind of guess or assess or, you know, sort of, you know, take inventory of how well I'm doing. And I think that's probably the good part about me. But I think it's Clyde Lewis. Uh, Clyde has an, an amazing ability to communicate stuff and get you engaged. And uh, part of it's theatrical, you know, his bottom of the hour hits, uh, which run somewhere between 90 to 120 seconds, will freak you out. And they are literally the best thing on this radio station, uh, besides, I think, what we talk about before between four and seven. Uh, Clyde hits it. Uh, and, and, interestingly enough, Clyde and I both uh, share the same birthday. And uh, he has an amazing ability to um, sort of hit the notes just the right way at the right time. And he's very timely. And he's always live. 
We're going to move Clyde Lewis uh, to a live spot between 8 and 11 after I run my hour show. And I like Bill O'Reilly. Bill O'Reilly has is, is, is done great over the years. Um, he would have been the new treadmill going forward, but uh, that belongs to Sean Hannity uh, replacing Rush until some bigger shoes are there to fill. I'm not trying to do that. I think you just heard from Ben Ferguson. I think Ben is pretty good. I like him on Sunday nights. I think uh, a lot of people... Uh, hold out uh, hope for Ben Ferguson with his live uh, Sunday night show. And, you know, we're happy to carry Ben. Um, Very happy about his show. I am a huge fan of Alex Jones, in case you uh, have not noticed. I think everybody knows that how big of a deal Alex Jones is for me. I think many of the people, you know, I don't have my Alex Jones is right t-shirt, but I'm going to make sure to have it because Alex Jones is right a lot of the time. We just went to low power, by the way, 815 uh, here in the Kiva. Um, and I, I will say, Alex, for as many things that he's been off on in that you feel uncomfortable, you don't want to pair up next to him, he's not the right guy, the right, you know, whatever. You have to make excuse. oh, I like Alex Jones. You know, he's like pornography for you. Uh, I, I hate to say it, but, you know, you're not exactly proud to say, uh, yeah, I like Alex Jones. You, you just aren't. People aren't doing that. People aren't out there touting Alex Jones. And and I'm sad because the guy puts his heart out there. He almost has my birthday as well. I don't know what it is about those uh, February Piscean, Aquarian, you know, uh, cusp uh, babies there, but uh, maybe this is uh, sort of where we're meant to be. And uh, in that, uh, you know, we are uh, coming into the new age of Aquarius uh, coming into 2050, which would be my 75th uh, birthday. So with all that being said, we are Sunday night live here in the Kiva. And uh, this is uh, kind of an overview as uh, we're about to go 24-5 live. Love to go 24-7 live. There isn't enough. We, of course, have John B. Wells. Um, you know, always try to kind of get people in the studio so we can keep the, the radio station going. Everybody loves, you know, Arc Midnight. A lot of people enjoy that. People love the late, great Art Bell and what he does. So, I mean, you're, you're literally getting an encyclopedic view of how I view my own radio station as a purveyor of, I think, great talk radio here in the 505 and amongst nearly a million people. And um, it makes me a little bit nervous to say that uh, I'm here as a steward to provide this uh, talk avenue for you. And, you know, I have um, gotten involved with politics and uh, regrettably, I would say that uh, I wish I hadn't. And other times I feel like I wish, uh, you know, it would never would stop. I don't know where I'm at with all of that, uh, with politics. I'm really not particularly interested in politics, I should say, uh, a, 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 anymore. I think it's very surface. Um, you know, I don't like the the trends that come in and come out. Um, I'm really not a big fan. Um, it, uh, producer Eric, uh, would you mind making sure that the time delay is on? I'll, I'll take phone calls if anybody wants to call in. Yeah, it's fine. I, I don't expect uh, anybody to call in uh, this evening because everybody knows that I will fill three hours of me speaking uh, without any problem whatsoever. Um, but I do want change. I think many people do want change. I think it's one of the reasons why we listen to talk radio, but at the very same time, we also listen to it because it connects it's live. It's, it's real. And it gives us some sort of perspective. Many of you don't even go outside of your own homes. Um, I'm your connection, uh, to the rest of the world. Uh, sometimes, you know, you see things, the prism of the rock of talk and you know i think that that's a good thing um in many ways um but it's also a bad thing because you could turn it into a a little bit of a sounding board an echo chamber 
and uh, it becomes a, a little bit, uh, hey, I don't know if I'm getting the full, the rest of perspective. It's up to me to get the rest of perspective uh, uh, to you. I am, of course, a father of two, uh, a seven and a nine-year-old, and I think that gives me a lot of perspective. I am a, a resident of this uh, great city, uh, despite the fact that we had, what, three murders today? Um, uh, triple homicide in front of, uh, on, on Mother's Day, of all, of all places, in front of Party City, on the west side, uh, less than a mile, 800 yards from where I used to live. And, um, you know, I, I was sort of uh, saying half-jokingly, one of the reasons I love living in Albuquerque, you know, you could always expect the most fantastic things to happen. And of all days, ironically enough, it happens uh, on Mother's Day uh, here this morning. So our uh, thoughts and prayers. Um, first inklings uh, that have come out stating that it's a, a murder-suicide and Things. I mean, it, it, whatever it happens to be, there's nothing that can uh, likely stop um, any of that from uh, happening. Um, no police officer, uh, probably no psychologist, psychiatrist, uh, probably not uh, mental health uh, care. You know, uh, many of these things that happen here in the Duke City uh, happen to be inevitable. And that is the, the tragic absurdity uh, that has become uh, Albuquerque, uh, New Mexico. So I'll take your calls. I think that I have forwarded the uh, phone calls and uh, I'm going to do a little bit of a review to kind of kick things off uh, here uh, for this. And I hope that you guys all enjoy this uh, this evening because we're going to sort of do a little bit of around the horn of what's uh, going on. And um, this is going to be uh, a little bit of tape for our uh, national guys. So uh, feel free to go ahead and uh, say some the worst things and the best things that you want. Uh, for me. I, I had a very interesting experience yesterday as I was indicating on Dr. Summer's show. <laughs> I was trying to just eat in a McDonald's, ladies and gentlemen. I just wanted, to, I, all I wanted was a Pepsi and she wouldn't give it. All I wanted McDonald's in Albuquerque, New Mexico wouldn't give it to me. Uh, for my kids and I, we enjoy going to McDonald's. It's a little playland. It's uh, walking in. It's being able to touch the pad and, you know, touch the order that you want. And it took three tries for us to actually get to the point uh, where we were able to access a McDonald's from the inside. Now, I just came from Washington, D.C. flew back on Tuesday on a red eye. That was late and uh, spent seven hours, a little lagged and did good coming out of that. Had a great week. I really did. Had a great week. Had a great weekend. You know, something about being in the, the nation's capital, especially at a time when Roe v. Wade uh, is seemingly going to be overturned, and it's going to be overturned, but it's not going to come out without a tremendous amount of drama. Um, make no mistake about it. it. That was its intended consequence by the leakers of, of that uh, information. Make no mistake about it. So I just tried to go out and get McDonald's, get a breakfast, and you want to get the app. You want to get the McDonald's app. The meal that I would have got for, and this is important during a, an economy such as ours, which would have been 16 plus dollars, was I think 11 and change. And I was like, oh, that's pretty good. Well, you're going to get a buy one, get one. You got a BOGO and a little breakfast sandwich. You guys are going to be relying on that. I, I walked out of the Union Station and I said, well, you want to get something? Do you, have an, do you have access to a cell phone? Because all you need to do is fill out the survey, walk up, buy one sandwich, you get a second one free, save one now, buy one later. I mean, that's literally on. Uh, the receipt. In fact, uh, I'll, I'll give you my receipt, which was uh, pretty cool. I mean, you can go a long way with a uh, company like McDonald's. This was the uh, receipt uh, that came out yesterday. 611. Buy one, get one free quarter pounder with cheese or egg McMuffin. 
that's pretty good. That's a pretty good ways to go, especially since we're uh, heading down into recession, right? But I just wanted it. I didn't want that. I'm not looking. I, I can pay for a meal. I don't mind paying a little bit more. And that's not what I was looking to do. I just, I like the idea. I, I hung out with a lot of, uh, you know, many Mormons. You don't know many Mormons. Let me tell you something about Mormons. They're kind of amazing. They brag about the amount of foodstuffs that they have. Six months, a year. They'll tell you how much food they have in their basement. Okay? That's one of the first things. They'll tell you about the number of children that they have. Okay, They'll tell you about the number of the children they have. And then they will communicate to you the amount of money that they saved at the grocery store. They love, I don't think that we don't have double, triple coupons uh, here in Albuquerque because everyone's so used to EBT and you don't care if you spend $100 on Cokes. Like people are literally in line. They're like, oh, I'm going to get $100 in Cokes on the EBT card. I'm like, you can do that? Yes, you can do that. What? What do you mean you can do that? Yes, you can do that here in the state of New Mexico, right? EBT card. But Mormons are very interesting in that they literally compete for the amount that they'll be able to survive on foodstuffs, basement, what they have. They'll, they'll brag about their moms or their wives, like type of soup that they know how to make. They all know how to make some sort of bouillon soup. Like it's, it's amazing, right? And it's, you have no idea how they're able to subsist on this type of thing if they wanted to go ahead and do it, okay? And then they will obviously communicate to you <laughs> how much money they saved at the store. I, I literally, they, they literally buy $300 worth of groceries for like 85 bucks. And it's fascinating because in America, we have sort of the opposite thing uh, taking place. Notice uh, I'm not including the Mormon uh, tribe, uh, if you will, in America. But that's what you are going to need to become to survive sort of the next stage of this U.S. economy. You're going to be looking to go ahead and do what you can because commodities are way up. Every single thing is up 5, 10, 20, 50% at least. And you're not going to be able to buy that food that you were able to buy for so cheap before. Hand to mouth is really going to become hand to mouth moving forward for the next three to four years, if not longer. And I bring this up because I want you to start taking a different approach, a different look at the way that we're coming out of COVID and towards the economy moving forward. People want you to become depending upon the government. If you can become, depending upon the government, then they've got you. They've got your choices. They've got your freedom. They've got your speech. They've got every single choice that you make, and you don't have any freedom moving forward. That's everything we on the right side are against, and it's the real little things, the little things. If they can take those little freedoms away from you, your ability to move about the cabin, your ability to move about the city, your ability to move about the state and the country and around the world, then they've taken your freedom, of course. What about your ability to go ahead and consume things? The limited purchasing ability of your dollar. That's an important uh, uh, piece of the action, right? Your dollar isn't going as far. Your house is starting to decline. You don't know why. Everybody was making so much money. I just bought my house in the last year, two years. I know I bought it cheaper. It went 25, 50% of you, like quicksand. It's going to be gone. 
There's the things I want you to pay attention to going forward. We have an important gubernatorial race this year. And many of you are going to be making cho- uh, choices thinking that, hey, you know, we got plenty of time. Michelle Lujan Grisham is making the Democrat point that it's all about the victimization story. She talked about today in her motherhood story about losing her mom, yet two weeks from now she's going to be getting married. We heard an astounding story from one of the gubernatorial candidates in Greg Zanetti about his personal relationship with the husband of Governor Michelle Lujan Grisham. Greg Grisham. And you're like, oh, maybe I don't believe any of this stuff moving forward. Maybe I don't believe that, that she is who she says she is. She isn't as nice a person as I thought she was, those of you on the left side who think that she's the savior of the world. I mean, there's so many things here. It really all comes down to you and your family and the choices that you are going to be allowed to make or the choices that you actually determine that you're going to make for yourself because you aren't going to let these people grind you down any longer. And that's what we've been fighting for for the last, uh, but as I sit here on this uh, May the 8th on a Sunday night, we are nearly two years and two months from the time that we shut down, nearly 26 months, 25 months, uh, 26 days, 25 months, 20, 25 days, excuse me, 25 months, 25 days to the day since this whole thing shut down. And now you found out that amazingly they did a data dump. I don't know if it's 28,000 pages or 80,000 pages, but Pfizer and their vaccine is only 12% effective, not 95% effective, 12% effective. They wanted to hold back that data for his next 75 years to make sure that you didn't have that information. And on top of that, oh, well, Joe Biden's son, Hunter Biden, checked in his laptop of all places, the FBI in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Has anybody even thought about that yet? I'm still about five, six, seven weeks away from actually releasing some of the information that I have. Got to wait for the primary to go through and some other things to take place, but anybody even think about why someone would come all the way from Delaware, 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 where Joe Biden's son was when he dropped that and bring it of all places to Albuquerque, New Mexico. Maybe there was something tied directly to New Mexico that they wanted to bring in. Yeah, I think there was. And there is. And you'll know about it. So let's open up the phone lines. That is a uh, 22 minute opening uh, here in the Kivona Sunday evening. 550-5500, that's 550-5500. You're welcome to go ahead and text in. I'm sure there are plenty of you do, uh, who are uh, certainly um, interested in uh, some of the things that are happening as we embark upon uh, this week. I give you my experiences uh, uh, here around the city, but love to hear your thoughts. Uh, I heard uh, earlier from a young lady who said, this is getting ridiculous. On Mother's Day too, two shot, actually three, 12.30 per a worker at Home Depot. It was actually a party city. Lots of lots of arguing, then five shots go off. Maybe there's a body in the mini car too. Facebook is saying a man shot his wife's son and then himself. We don't know where any of this uh, reporting actually is. One of the things I would like to say is uh, talk about uh, here in this uh, deep blue city of Albuquerque, the shuttering all businesses, including one of my advertisers, Rain Tunnel Car Spa. It's becoming increasingly difficult to do business up and down Knob Hill. Certainly my producer and I, we uh, like... We venture from here to there. He's up and around. He's downtown. I mean, downtown is pretty much a ghost town. There's hardly any businesses that are open. Most places are shutting down by 7, 8 o'clock. Places by the university shutting down as well. Not good. 
All right, let's go ahead and do a wrap uh, on the week. Uh, Eric, why don't you cue up some music and uh, we'll launch into what is news this weekend, what is going to be news tomorrow, what to look forward to as we embark upon this uh, upcoming week uh, right here in the Kiva. AM 1600 KIVABQ.FM, com. Thanks, everybody, for uh, tuning in here on a Sunday night. You can uh, text or call directly in 550-5500. Well, Donald Trump was campaigning for Dr. Oz. I think we already uh, covered that. A lot of the noise uh, that's being brought on by Dr. Oz. He's on all the conservative shows, folks. Former President Donald Trump bolstered his support for Mehmet Oz at a campaign rally. I already told you my story about meeting him up in uh, Santa Fe, New Mexico. Had a rainy Friday evening in Greensboro, or Greensburg, Pennsylvania, excuse me. Trump attempted to give Oz, who holds a slim two-point lead over his chief rival, David McCormick, a boost less than two weeks until the contentious primary. Also alluded to the endorsement of J.D. Vance in Ohio, who secured his GOP nomination this week against Tim Ryan in November. And uh, here's what Donald Trump had to say with Dr. Oz. He said, Dr. Oz has led an enormously successful career on television, and now he's running to save our country just like I do. From the radical left lunatics and the maniacs, Dr. Oz is a man who truly believes to make America great again, or MAGA movements. Well, I guess if MAGA is about uh, being pro-abortion, if MAGA about is being pro-mask and pro-vax, then uh, there you go. I guess Dr. Oz is your guy. Joe Biden, not to be left out of all this, Joe Biden announced another security assistance package for Kiev. That's right. Another $33 billion in its fight against Russia. And uh, there's some new stuff coming out tonight. I have yet to delve into that. But it includes artillery munitions, radars, and other critical equipment. An additional $150 million just for that little package. That is tiny, by the way, in comparison to the $33 billion overall. He also warned that the latest round of spending would nearly exhaust all the aid that Congress authorized at the White House. Why is Joe Biden trying so hard to spend so much money with this distraction of the Russia-Ukraine conflict? By the way, today, Putin cemented uh, his support in Russia, Mother Russia. This package uh, comes days before they celebrated just today, Victory Day in Russia. Yes, folks, in case you didn't know, it wasn't the United States of America. It wasn't V-Day for America. It was actually the Russians who ultimately destroyed the Nazis. Their victory over Nazi Germany in the Second World War, they celebrated that today. I think Putin will be in power at least through 2036, and he's looking to really dig in his heels against Ukraine uh, for the foreseeable future. All right, let's move to finance here. Love the chariots of fire, Eric. Uh, by the way, I didn't even know uh, my producer, Eric, actually shares the same name of whom that is uh, named for. Did you know this 1924 Olympics? That was Eric Liddell. That is the name. And uh, famous, uh, very famous thing about uh, Eric is Eric did not work on Sunday, unlike my producer, Eric, who is working on a Sunday. He, he observed the Sabbath, uh, as, as it was. Um, that's what Eric Liddell did. All right. NASDAQ uh, has the first five-week losing streak in a decade. In a decade. NASDAQ Composite Index suffered another weekly loss, tumbling another 2%. 
It was the fifth consecutive weekly drop, the first five-week losing streak since 2012, since Barack Obama. You didn't build this. <laughs> it's hard to believe. Oh, that's great. I love Copeland. That's good stuff. Since, uh, Pag- see, we should just do classical music and uh, the news all night. I'll just go back forward. Uh, what, what is this? Uh, something of man. What is this called from Copeland? Uh, the fanfare for the common man. Fanfare for the common man. Boy, uh, if, if anything, uh, Barack Obama wasn't uh, wasn't for the common man. So since peaking in November at uh, just above 16,000 points, the index has lost a quarter of its value since then, including, uh, well, there is uh, Netflix. Netflix from up from 690 down to 170, folks. No, no good, no good. Uh, Lyft, Amazon, Netflix uh, dropping uh, their shorts and then some Amazon down from above 3,700 down to 2,200. The NASDAQ officially slipped into a bear market this week as its year-to-date topped, year-to-date loss topped nearly 20%. Here's what's happened. The Federal Reserve is looking to bring the neutral rate, a level that neither spurs nor restricts the economy, to about 2.4% and reduce the $9 trillion balance sheet. Whoa. Shouldn't have printed $6 trillion, maybe. The Treasury yields are soaring. It's forcing investors to pour into bonds and seek better returns. They're not going to find them. Higher rates also impact growth stocks, which are prevalent throughout the NASDAQ. All right. Well, in case uh, you weren't paying attention, there's some stuff happening in China. Quite a little bit, I should say. China taunting Taiwan. What did it do? It sent 18 jets right over Taiwan. Flew them over. It's uh, the J-16, like our F-16s, into the Taiwanese air defense zone through the Bashi Channel. Taiwan's defense ministry confirmed that this morning. Uh, by the way, uh, current time in uh, Hong Kong uh, is uh, 13 hours uh, was, in a day, by the way. It's, it's tomorrow. It's tomorrow, I think. It's uh, anyway, I always have my Hong Kong watch on GMT time. We're looking at uh, two, so about uh, 9 a.m. Uh, tomorrow, Hong Kong time. Taiwan has repeatedly complained over the regular pattern of the last two years, leaving the country, which is claimed by China as its territory. Hong Kong got a new PM this weekend as a heightened state of alert earlier this week. Japan also reported eight Chinese naval vessels traveling between southern Okinawa and northeastern Taiwan. There you go. There you go. Well, we're paying attention to all the other things and the calamities that are happening here. The United States of America, well, China is expanding its footprint. Russia announced that it would not use nuclear weapons in Ukraine. Let's all take a collective sigh of relief. Foreign Ministry spokesman Akeli or Alexei Zaitsev told reporters that deploying nuclear weapons was not relative to its special military operations. In addition to threatening rhetoric by the Kremlin, Western officials are concerned that President Vladimir Putin could trigger the nuclear option because of the setbacks in its military invasion of Ukraine. Those are being overplayed. If you're talking to people and they're telling you, if they're literally telling you that the Ukraine is beating Russia, they don't know the first thing about what's happening. And if we are, and I do mean we, as in U.S. and the Ukraine are beating Russia, then lo and behold, just let you know that uh, Putin will not quit. All right, um, uh, 550-5500. That's 550-5500 here on a Sunday night uh, here in the Kiva. I would love to talk about Virgin Galactic, what's happening with SpaceX. Uh, 
because it's not good, folks. It is. It, it's it's not good. Here's what's going on. SpaceX seamless in its execution and its performance. SpaceX brought. It's not that easy. No, but Grammarly it's... can help. There it is. Grammarly. This sentence is grammatically correct. <laughs> There you go. You got it, 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 it's it's just playing the commercials all the way through that. You got to got to lower that. There you go. All right, Cape Canaveral, Florida. SpaceX brought four astronauts home in a midnight splashdown in the Gulf of Mexico Friday night, capping the busiest stretch yet for Elon Musk's taxi service. He's got this thing so down, they're uh, basically turning it into Uber. Three U.S. astronauts are German, and one German in the capsule. We're bobbing off the Florida coast less than 24 hours after leaving the International Space Station. NASA expected to have them back in Houston later in the morning. It was a great ride, according to Raja Chari. Raja Chari, Tom Marshburn, Kayla Barron, and the European Space Agency, Matthias Mauer, were out of the capsule within an hour of splashdown, waving as they were hustled away for medical checks. Their departure from the ISS on Thursday was bittersweet. It's the end of the six-month mission, but I think the space dream lives on, Maurer said. SpaceX took up their U.S. and Italian replacements last week after completing a charter trip to the station for a trio of businessmen earlier in April, of which I was able to see out in El Paso. You saw the pictures, right? That was uh, pretty cool. Well, here's kind of what's happening uh, when it comes to Virgin Galactic. You thought Virgin Galactic was a good bet. You thought Virgin Galactic was going to... Get us through the stratosphere. Well, they failed. Virgin Galactic reporting another $93 million loss after uh, investing in building spaceships. (laughs) That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Virgin Galactic is going nowhere and nowhere fast. They have delayed any future launches, launches until 2023. They're bleeding money. Even Kevin Robinson Avila of their own Albuquerque Journal has stated, hey, they're bleeding money. Company reported a net loss of $93 million in the first quarter of 2022. Uh, we invested about $230 million in Virgin Galactic. We have uh, Richard Branson. We have Chamath Palapatia literally taking billions of dollars off the table to their own end. However, the $93 million is down from another $130 million loss in the same quarter last year. But it comes on the top of a cumulative $1.2 billion in total losses over the past three years. Oh, the Dow 3000 is going to have a field day with that one tomorrow. But the company won't begin earning any significant revenue until 2023. Why? <laughs> Let me tell you why. Because they're not going to launch out into space. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. They are going absolutely nowhere. They reported $52 million in research and development expenses in the first quarter of 2022. $93 million loss, losing $1.2 billion. And SpaceX and, of course, the uh, great um, what, whatever uh, Jeff Bezos' company. I think it's, uh, what was it, Deep Blue, Blue Origin, Blue Blue something is uh, making it out of space. We'll take a couple of quick calls uh, here in the Kiva. You're welcome to go ahead and uh, text in and call in 550-5500. That's 550-5500. Call here in the Kiva. Go ahead. Yeah, what's going on here, uh, Eddie? We had a noise complaint from the neighbors. There it is. They're, 
they're uh, they're banging the drums and they're banging the pots and pans. Or that's what we're doing. We're doing a little live Sunday night radio here as we recap the weekend and talk about the changing economy and the changing world. David, uh, how are you? Hanging in there. How are you doing today? I'm good. Excellent tonight. Uh, what can I do for you? Oh, I'm just, uh, you got the two hours going or one hour, what you going to, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, last time I had a boss was, uh, 2007. So, uh, not really cool. sure. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Wait, what, what do you think Fine. I should do? Ball. Hey, bulls. Hey, bulls. What, how many hours should, should I do? You should do what you feel. Do what yeah, you like that, you know, like the sixties and they just did what they yeah. feel. Yeah. You can you could you could just make it uh, you know what it is is what it is. You just come on, have your dinner, come on the radio, and if people come up, come in to come in to hang out, then they do. And if they don't, you go uh, go to bed early. What it be, my brother? What it is? What it man? What it is, right. my brother? What it is? All right. right on, Anything right on, right you'd like to? Yeah, right on, right on, right on. You see uh, the the triple homicide over there at the Cottonwood. Uh, did you did you did you see that? Did you hear about that? lovely albuquerque lovely albuquerque little mother's day surprise there for the 505 huh i I heard i heard about it from you first i heard of it really i didn't have a yeah i didn't have no news on today no no news no news sunday hmm well you and i uh i I know how how you feel and i know uh, father's day is is tough for you david but uh Boy, uh, I know this is not a, an easy day for you either, but not a good day for Albu- Albuquerque as well. No, no, yeah, no, but it's an everyday thing nowadays. So, you know, what's going to change? When's it going to change? I don't know. We'll just leave that to the, the big man upstairs. I, I don't know when it's no, going to change. At least, at least you're not like this Albuquerque man that uh, got life in the beating death of his daughter. Did you hear about this? I covered this, uh, what, about uh, three years ago, I want to say. Uh, did you, unbelievable, Brandon Reynolds pleaded guilty back on April 28th to the charge of intentional child abuse resulting in the death of a child. He actually got life in prison, according to the plea agreement. Reynolds' life sentence requires him to serve 30 years before he's eligible for parole, according to the Second Judicial District Court order. The sentencing comes three years after the Albuquerque Fire Rescue was called to his apartment on Amherst, which I just drove down probably like uh, 30 minutes before the show. Found his daughter, Sarah Dubois-Guilbault, unconscious and not breathing. Police uh, investigated after firefighters found extensive bruising to the girl's body. She was pronounced dead at the University of New Mexico Hospital on April 4th of 2019. Uh, This continues to be one of the worst states. No, not one. It is the worst state to raise a child. And this is yet another reason why. But uh, hey, we don't celebrate Mother's Day or Father's Day in the state of New Mexico anymore. We uh, celebrate um, Juneteenth now uh, in the state of New Mexico. Yeah, that was that. That was that one in the war zone, wasn't it? It was. Well, fourteen hundred Amherst. I think that is the uh, warm warm zone. The project. There you go. It, yeah, yeah, the hood. So I, mean, I remember when that happened, and my my uh, thought on that situation is it it happens over and over again, and it wouldn't ha- it wouldn't happen half as much as it does. If uh, I'm not talking about government getting all up in every parent's business, but when when uh, men in particular, women do it too. But when men uh, end up beating a child to death or doing something to a child like that, it's uh, uh, they're, they're, it could be avoided had they had someone, someone or someone's in their life showing them how not to do things and how to do things, as opposed to what we have now is a 
government doesn't, uh, you know, well, we don't want government all up in our business in that way. But we, we, for people that do not have a strong family community support system, teaching them how to and how not to uh, work with children, parent their children, um, I lost my train of thought, but, but the, uh, the point, oh, here's what it was. What, what does happen is there's nobody helping to educate these dads how to work with their children in a proper way, and they end up doing stuff like this. And, but then after they do it, the government's happy to come along and lock them up in prison for the next 30 years when if they'd have put half the effort into it, they could have, that little girl would still be alive today. And I'm not talking about just in the traditional CYFD way of coming in, uh, yanking the child. I'm, I'm not talking about that. Yeah, no, I, I hear what you're saying. I, I think for, for fathers who've never had a father, they might need some help and there might be some groups to help them. I don't know that the government, uh, it is their job to tell, uh, uh fathers, uh, how to raise their children. Uh, but there right. are, but there are definitely some people who definitely need some help. David, thanks for the phone call. We'll see you tomorrow, 4 PM, uh, right here in the Kiva, 550, right. 5,500. Thanks for uh, checking in. Uh, we should probably talk a little bit about some of the new proposals, uh, here locally. Uh, I, I will tell you, that one of the things that, that bothers me is when we have Republicans who are pushing the types of solutions that Democrats generally do. And uh, here's one such case. Uh, citing the need to make immediate headway on the Metro's homeless crisis, one Albuquerque city councilor, Brooke Bassan, is proposing the concept of something called living lots. Designated places where people are allowed to sleep overnight in tents, cars, or RVs. Now, I like the idea of tent cities. I have like that because it's a temporary place for them to get from A to B to B to C. But uh, Brooke is contending that it will be her an inexpensive, temporary, and easy action the city can take while completing such larger-scale initiatives such as the Gateway, Gateway Center in the southeast Albuquerque. She called the idea a low-cost, low-barrier compromise that provides appointed spaces for people who may otherwise already be sleeping in parks or sidewalks and in arroyos. People are currently camping everywhere. People are currently de- defecating everywhere. People need help throughout the city. Now, Diane Gibson actually proposed the 10 city originally. And I like that proposal better than what we have here. Cause I don't think that these should be moving targets. These should be a place where they go because homeless people, I hate to say it, aren't great with directions. They sort of just wander from place to place. I talk to many of them day after day. I'm out there. I think uh, up and down the university area, they like to know where to go. And half of them are, you know, usually inebriated at some point during the day. That's how they are able to get through the day and keep their spirits up uh, high enough to move from place. When you're moving these places and, and, and busing these people, that doesn't work for them. But if you're telling them there's a place that they can go and then there's no obligatory, you know, this, that, or the other, they don't have to go ahead and, you know, adhere to, you know, I hate to say, I say this, some sort of spiritual discipline. That's not what we're trying to look for from them. That is not the place of the government to do that. But what we should find is a place where we can go ahead and transition these people to another avenue, whether that be a work job, temporary work, uh, whether that be outside of the city, back to their home, a function, a huge proportion of the number of people who are here in our city who are homeless are not from here. And uh, that I don't mean like New Mexico, I mean Albuquerque. Many of these people are from outside of the city. Now, living lots would have to include restrooms and hand-washing stations, if in, even if just portable units. But Bassan said that they would require little else. She said the city would bear responsibility for cleaning and maintaining them. 
but they could ultimately require less manpower and resources than the city presently expands, breaking up and clearing unsanctioned campsites throughout the city. These They have to be in the same place all the time. You cannot continue, you can't move them from place to place, okay? You can't say, well, in the month of June, it's going to be here, month of July, it's going to be, it's too confusing for the people who are coming in and the people who are here. It has to be something that has to be designated and all the time and in a place that, that that can be manned and it's in and out. And that's one of the things that I was proposing uh, during. So she gets about half the solution right there, but it's something that uh, people uh, need to uh, pay attention to. 550-5500 if you want to go ahead and uh, text in. By the way, Dan Lewis, I think also off on this. He was one of the few counselors who also expressed his objection to the safe outdoor spaces. Uh, he has uh, since launched a campaign against both ideas, saying in Friday news release that the radical proposals that sanction tent encampments will not reduce homelessness in our city and will only make the situation worse. Uh, Dan is incorrect on that. And uh, Dan's uh, solution for uh, emboldening uh, Tim Keller's uh, space or wh- whatever, the Gateway Center, I don't know why I said space, I was looking at that, uh, is not a good way to go. The uh, legislation is being debated by the council is considering adding safe outdoor spaces as a new land use, uh, by the way, which is uh, something Lou, uh, Councilor Democrat Louis Sanchez tried unsuccessfully to remove from the bill during the May 2nd meeting. So stay tuned uh, for that. Uh, it was in this morning's uh, Albuquerque Journal, but uh, how we handle our ever-growing homelessness problem. And I will say that it is slightly improving. Uh, our producer, Eric, uh, Eric, you know that uh, it, it seems to be sort of subsiding, I think, um, there's for some reason right now, it seems to be less homeless, uh, than normal. Uh, I don't know. I don't know where you see that. I live downtown, so it, I haven't seen much of a change. You actually. haven't seen much of a change. No. Okay. Okay. So maybe, maybe I'm missing. I just haven't seen much and we've been out, uh, you know, quite a bit, uh, going from uh, place to place by 50, 50, 500. Let's move it back to some uh, national news. A couple of texts coming in here on a Sunday night. Thank you for doing that. Eddie, great to hear you show. I'm happy to listen to you on Sunday nights. 1600 has great radio on the weekends, by the way. I listen to Kiva on my radio at home. When I do the run around town chores, I listen on my cell using your app. I'm a subscriber to Aftermath Media, and I really do enjoy Clyde Lewis. I listen to Clyde when Hannity is on, and uh, it's your show I really look forward to as well. I also subscribe to The Rock of Talk. Did you say Clyde Lewis will be moving to 8 to 11? I wish you success. That is from Marcus. Yes, Marcus, uh, that will be happening. Glad to hear you on tonight, Dictionary Dave, uh, checking in and then uh, getting some other uh, various texts that I can't read. People are very excited about uh, us being live here. 852 here in the Kiva, 550-5500. That's 550-5500. NASA thanking SpaceX for its seamless operations. Uh, uh, by the way, um, more Albuquerque news, the trash bins. Yeah. You're going to start paying for that. 18 bucks a month. It's a brand new proposal which would generate $2.2 million annually for the Salt Waste Management Department. Apparently, they can't pay for themselves right now. $27.1 billion coming into the state of New Mexico, but they're going to go ahead and uh, raise it to a dollar plus a month to cover the rising cost of cleaning up the unsanctioned homeless camps throughout Albuquerque. It would generate $2.2 for the solid waste. It has already drawn the scorn of one city councilor, Dan Lewis. Dan is... Uh, Dan's an emotional city councilor right now. I'm not sure. Maybe he's maybe he's angling already for mayor in uh, 2025. Councilors uh, Clarissa Pena and Isaac Benton are sponsoring the rate increase legislation at Keller's request. Mayoral spokeswoman uh, spokeswoman cited neighborhood councilor encampment and legal dump site cleanup requests 
As one reason the administration is pursuing the fee increase, she said the problems are citywide and the voters do want to see them addressed. Um, I don't know how to uh, really uh, deal with the solid waste management department. I think it's something that should be privatized and outsourced. And if they're going to make some money and there should be a charge issued back, you can write these bills to each and every resident. And I know that many of these residents would be happy to pay it. We pay for uh, waste disposal in our own office. It uh, happens to be factored into our full service rental agreement. And the, the waste is taken out every single day, properly disposed of. And we properly put uh, uh, trash in our cans and they're properly uh, disposed of each and every day. So uh, let's talk a little bit about the economy. And one of the things that uh, I'm very worried about that no one's talking about, it's the uh, sort of silent uh, sucker punch that you're getting, and it is inflation. Inflation surged to a new four-decade high in April of 8.5%. Now, they're saying that this could be the peak. There's no way, being an economist, that that could be the peak. There might be a way of sort of uh, splintering that and turning that into another number, but it's going to continue to increase probably throughout the remainder of the year. I'd probably say at least until the fall, okay, until we can get a grasp on inflation uh, through interest rates. You cannot reduce inflation if interest rates haven't gone up yet, and they just went up. We just had a 0.75, a quarter point and a half point uh, increase. Economists expecting the consumer price index will gradually ease in the coming months. It will not ease at least until September. Okay, You have to let the interest rates sort of stew in uh, or bake in the, the, the new numbers. It would offer some assurance for policymakers that inflation is trending in the right direction. Prices that consumers pay for many goods and services will continue to increase at a rapid clip just not quite as rapidly as they did up until March. So here, here, here's some prices for you. The price of a bed in the online Amish outlet store last year at this time, $2,300. This year, $3,300. Amish bed, there you go. How about uh, the amount uh, which the U.S. Agriculture Department has cut its outlook for the world's wheat trade this season? That's going to drive up prices. Lack of supply, same demand. They've reduced it by 6 million tons. Russia's invasion has led to an upheaval in the grain markets as well, adding to all of that. How about the median monthly mortgage payment among U.S. applicants in March? What do you think that was? (laughs) The national figure climbed 5% from February. 5%! 5% in one month! As home prices and mortgage rates rose, eroding home buyer affordability, it is now the average... Home mortgage is now $1,736. Could you afford that, producer Eric? I don't think you could. $1,736. Let, 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 me, let me toss a, a quick graphic for you as far as I can do. The national median mortgage payments monthly. Back in 2015, just to put it in perspective, what was it? It was $946. In 2016, you're looking at in 2017, $1,122. 2018, $1,185. 2019, here's where the spike happens, $1,293. 2020, down to $1,200, and then the jump. 2021, 
Oh boy. $1,252. 2022, $1,465. And 2022 in April, 1,000, you just heard it, $736. That's the number. Absolutely unbelievable. We're going to hit the top of the hour news and bring it back for, can you do one more hour, producer Eric? He's, he's on board. Well, I've got a lot, I've got a lot to, to, to go for here. So we're going to do that. Uh, he's going to shut off my uh, camera. Uh, as you know, I can talk a lot. We've got a lot to get to. Uh, when we return, we're also going to uh, jump into more home uh, buying. We'll talk about Toronto home prices uh, as well. And then uh, we'll get into the trade deficit as well. You just shut off the network there. There you go. We're we're coaching him through it. And then we'll also uh, talk about uh, some other assortments, including the Jeopardy loser. Uh, Yeah, after 23 wins, she finally goes out after losing by $1. Back after a top-of-the-hour news check. Thanks, everybody, for listening here on a Sunday night. I'm Eddie Erdogan. This is The Rock of Talk, AM 1600 KIVA, ABQ.FM, Rock of Talk. It's amazing how much more energy I have when I have a producer. I sort of feel it. I get to not have to worry about anything but just talking. Huh? Maybe maybe that, those are the training wheels that I've had uh, all along. <laughs> Thanks, Eric. Thanks for popping in. Thank you for listening. We'll take your calls next hour. At least one more hour. If you keep me going, I'll go for all three. But uh, Eric's not on board for that. He does get paid for this, by the way. So uh, don't think that the, he's doing this stuff for free. He, he ain't no slack. He ain't no slack. He's no slouch. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Albuquerque's macro aggression. Eddie Aragon, the, the Rock of Talk. I am Eddie Aragon, the Rock of Talk. I'm Alexander Cavi, ABQ.FM, RockofTalk.com. Hour two coming at you from the ABQ on a Sunday night. We are live. You are looking live, and I am live. You're welcome to text or call in 550-5500, Roku TV, Amazon Fire, and Apple TV. You can also listen to us on SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Spotify. Hey, my favorite, Audible. Go to Audible. Get your, Read. Read with your ears. You got, ear, you got eyes in your ears? Yes, my eyes and my ears. Audible. There you go. Or you can go ahead and uh, uh, download our apps directly at rockoftalk.tv and rockoftalk.com. And um, it's been a good weekend for everybody but New Mexico. (laughs) Things are on fire up in northern New Mexico. I think, uh, you know, I I think people are evacuating uh, parts of Las Vegas. Even Los Alamos is like, whoa. Remember, all of these fires are man-made. Outside of uh, the window window here at the studio, you get people doing donuts. You know, we got the, we got to go get our. Our, our trucks, our camions, we're going to go in. We're going to peel out in front of the Renard address. It's not good. Let's get back to the homes. Now remember, whatever happens everywhere else takes a little bit longer to happen uh, here in the state of New Mexico. It's just it's just that way. You're welcome to call, go ahead and uh, text or call in 550-5500. Talking about inflation. Um, inflation not going to come for... Your homes, however, that's right. That is going to go ahead and fall by the wayside. Okay, Americans, you guys are showing inflation fatigue. 
executives running some of the world's biggest retailers, manufacturers, and consumer products say they are seeing signs that people are becoming less willing to absorb the price increase. Oh, what? They're looking to save money? I also like savings the money, right? Remember that uh, great DirecTV Russian, the Russian, uh, <laughs> I like the... I like the best, but I also like savings the money. We like the best, but we also like savings the money. A Jeffrey's research note suggests that Americans are changing their spending plans as a result of inflation. In a survey, more than 70% of U.S. consumers said they have switched to cheaper alternatives. That's right. The cheaper, the better. People are literally, they're, so, they're becoming so cheap, they're, they're pulling the nails out of their homes and rebuilding brand new homes in the backyard next to them. Yeah, that's what's going on right now. <laughs> I'm not going to build a house. I'm just going to rebuild the house with the same material that I have my existing house. That, that's what's that. That's how bad it's gotten. I kid. Food and household staples have become increasingly expensive uh, as well. The hot housing prices may cool amid the uh, mortgage rates. This uh, coming from the Philadelphia Inquirer, because inquiring minds want it. No, that that's not the same site. Sorry, uh, Philly. No, Motown Philly uh, back again. No, it will not be. No, I'm not going to do one penny a day for 12 weeks. Okay. I, I don't care. One penny a day for 12 weeks. What would that be? Does anybody know how many uh, we, uh, 12 times 7 is? 84. 12, 24, 36, 72. Plus 1 is 84. I have to do, I have to do multiplication all the time with my kids. You know, what, what can I say? Don't get too giddy, it says. House prices are set to return to Earth. As well as Virgin Galactic. You might want to visit the Zillow website to check out the services estimated value of your home. The Zillow stock. You got to look at the Zillow. Zillow stock is, we are sucking again. Zillow stock is sucking. Maybe the last time you see a price this high. This might be the highest price you ever see for your home. Go look at it on Zillow. Take a snapshot. Record this day. Mother's Day 2022. The nationwide median price on existing home. Sold last month was almost 400000 That's up 50K or 15% from a year ago. But the big numbers are certainly going to start to plummet. Is that a bad thing in the real estate game? It's not. It's not a bad thing. Okay. The prices have been inflated for too long. And if you've been buying it, you didn't buy it. You didn't spend more money than you should have had on the house, okay? Now, I want you to take something into consideration from somebody who knows something about real estate. You got that home for cheaper because your interest rate on your mortgage was cheaper. So it's basically the same, six, half, one dozen, the other, okay? If I bought a house at 400000 on a 2% loan, or I bought a house for 350000 on a 4% loan, which is better? What's better? No. <laughs> the house that you bought for 400000 on the 2% loan is cheaper than the house that you bought on the 4% on a $350,000 on a 30-year mortgage. It's just, just basic math, folks. Toronto. I've been telling everybody this story. I was telling somebody earlier. This from Bloomberg. Not good. Sales, sharp fall. Uh, sales fall sharply with uh, mortgage rates at the highest since 2020. Housing price growth is unsustainably strong, according to the uh, Bureau of Credits at Rogers. The average price for a home in Canada's largest city declined just in the one month. One month. I'm going to scream it from the rooftops of Toronto. They, they, by the way, the uh, CN Tower. Have you ever seen the CN Tower? Gorgeous, gorgeous. 
think it's like the tallest uh, edifice. You can't really say, uh, how do you, do you count the needle? You know, you got to count the needle, I guess, I guess, in the CN Tower. I think uh, you should look that up, Producer Eric. Uh, look that up. I think it's 1,536 feet. I think it's it's taller than everything but one one world uh, center. I think that's called a one, one, one center, you know, the replacement for the Twin Towers. What, what's the, what's the, uh, is it 1800 or 1500? 1800 feet. 1800 feet. And then, uh, the second one in the, uh, North America or the first one in North America is one world, right? Is that correct? It says uh, it was the world's tallest freestanding structure until 2007 when it was surpassed. Uh, the Burge. By the Burge. The Burge. The Burge. Bur Burge, Burge, Burge is the word. Yeah. And then Dubai. Yeah, those guys go crazy. I think the Burj is what, the Burj Khalifa is what, uh, 2,736 feet. Is that what it is? I think I, I just happen to know these numbers. I'm kind of stupid that way. There's, there's <laughs> 72, 72, 72 savants, right? You know, you remember Rain Man? That's what I'm doing. Yeah, 2,722. <laughs> oh, I was close. I was close. I do. 72, 72, 72. Yeah. Let's go count cards. Beautiful, right? Oh, there it is. Beautiful. Okay. So anyway, uh, the Burge passed it. It was 1,000. And uh, how tall is One World Tower? Yeah, he's uh, producer Eric is uh, coming up. I, I'm pretty sure it's 1,776 feet. Is that correct? 1,776 feet. <laughs> 1,792 feet to the tip. To the tip. Just the tip. Just the tip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, Sunday night radio. It's okay. We're getting we're getting you uh, families excited for uh, breeding. What do, what do you want to say? All right. So the average price of a home in Canada's largest city declined six point four percent. Six point four percent in Canadian dollars. That's one point two million down to nine hundred thirty six thousand. That that that's different, right? The pound and the Canadian. It's the biggest monthly drop since April of twenty twenty. April of 2020, the declines are happening as the Bank of Canada embarks on what is expected to be one of the most aggressive campaigns to raise borrowing costs in the institution's history. Here's the numbers, folks. Canada's 50% rise in home prices in the past two years was driven by emergency low rates that helped the economy through the COVID crisis. Turn out the lights. The part is over. Housing price growth is unsustainably strong in Canada. Well. You give them cheap. You you give them the free money. They buy all the things. You give them the easy credit. They they buy as much as they possibly can. It's free. Despite the recent slowdown activity, Toronto's housing market remains historically tight. At the end of April, there were only one thousand or excuse me thirteen thousand ninety eight properties left for sale in the city, and it took just eleven days on average to sell. That means hotcakes, right? Just as soon as you list it, it's off the market. Folks, it's coming to an end. Just, it, it's over. Don't get giddy. It's over. Big numbers, over, okay? It, it's, it's over. What about the trade deficit? Despite the fact that China can't off, off, uh, offset its, its whatever it's, it's telling us. I don't know what lies is China making up. Like, whatever China is saying, it's a lie. Just, just assume that. If, if somebody from China is talking to you, assume it's a lie at this point, okay? The trade deficit is widening. $110 billion. 
$110 billion. They're importing nothing, right? Just like 300. Give them nothing and take from them everything. Yeah, that's that's what China's telling us. Then they're going to give us the uh, the 300 uh, boot to the chest and kick us into the pit. That That's what's going on right now. Here's the number. The supply imbalances and strong demand for imported goods driven by inflation widened in March. Clothing, computers, and vehicles driving the surge. Wait, it's not just food? Wait, it's not just housing? We know everything is more expensive and you're maxing out your credit cards. That's right. The trade gap widened by 22.3. I can't even, I can't even hold a straight face. 22.3%. It's like, yeah, you know what? My credit's good. Yeah, just expand it by another quarter. The trade deficit was always somewhere between 30 to 50 billion a month. And with that, you'd be like, uh, oh, 253 billion. It's like, oh, we're in debt after five years by a trillion, two trillion. China owns us. No, China is owning us because we could lose to them by a trillion dollars a year with this trade. They're gonna, they're literally gonna kill us with the trade deficit. Oh, yeah, just just pile up another trillion on that. Oh, they don't care about trillion. You know, Americans, they're very stupid. They don't count billions, they count trillions. They're like, oh, yeah, give it them, give it to them. They're charging us. Pandemic-related disruptions remain an issue for trade, including the uh, shuttering of the ability to transport information. This wide gap, U.S. monthly trade in goods and services, has dramatically increased since 2020. It went down on an annualized basis to sub-150, 150 billion. They're like, oh, we're going to stop. We don't need to consume anything. And all of a sudden, Amazon's like, let's sell everything from China and bring it into the United States. And now the monthly trade in goods and services, we are importing more than $350 billion a month from China. And we're exporting, yes, folks, only $225 billion. Not good. Not good. This is what we're headed for. In the midst of all that, you have the oil, right? The imports of crude oil has actually dramatically increased. Why? Because we shut down Keystone and XL Pipeline. This is every bad decision that a country could possibly make is being made right now. I don't know how else to to say this, but Joe Biden is the worst president in the history of this country, and he's only finished one year. He could only be that way if he was doing it by design and deliberately, which he is. The crude surge of imports is driven by his shutdown of the Keystone and the XL pipeline, coupled with, well, everybody needs to get a scooter, everybody needs to get a Prius, everybody needs to go ahead and get a Tesla. That's what's going on right now. The inflation supply imbalances and strong demand widened the U.S. trade deficit, and that will continue. 550-5500. That's 550-5500. I didn't realize how bad it was until I told myself how bad this was. Eric, you're just starting to realize just like what kind of uh, sandwich we're eating here. Uh, Eddie Harold of Hutt Medina is a freaking embarrassment and a bad joke as the face of law enforcement in Albuquerque. Okay. We got bigger fish to fry. There could be hundreds of people dying on the streets of Albuquerque. We've got a, We've got a bigger issue here. And it's impacting every single household. 
Hate to say it. And in the midst of all this, what's happening? What do you got Democrats saying? Well, we got to think about climate change. We have to think about Black Lives Matter. We have to think about social issues like abortion. Like <laughs> These people. Like, right now in Oslo, who's there? John, John Kerry. The world's richest nations must implement their promises to keep alive the global goal to avoid the worst impacts of climate change. That must be our goal. I think you got Martin Heinrich up north talking about water management. He can't wait to get his hands on more water management, more forest management. We see how well he's managing the forest now that we have, I don't know, 93% of all the forests in the state of New Mexico managed by the U.S. Forest Service. U.S. Climate Envoy, along with John Kerry, told Reuters on Saturday that we must keep our commitments. He said progress was vital as Egypt prepares to host the next round of U.N. climate talks. For the meeting to be a success, the 20 richest nations, accounting for 65% of the gross domestic product, must stay committed to limiting global warming to 1.5 degrees Celsius. Oh, I know what our real commitment needs to be in the midst of all this. Hey, let's just let's make sure that we don't kind of, you know, heat up things beyond 1.5 degrees Celsius. Hey, mom, uh, I don't want to order that because uh, that might contribute to global warming. And uh, I don't want... If I do my part, maybe everybody will do their part. We can keep, you know, the earth from rising to 1.5 degrees Celsius over what it currently is. It's critical, Kerry says. These 20 countries account for 80% of all the greenhouse. Yes. Yes. Finally, we found purpose in our life. And the purpose is, of course, keeping down global warming. The U.S. needs to do its part. Meanwhile, the only way that China can conquer United States of America is if we continue to consume ourselves to death. 550 50 500. Call you in the Kiva. Go ahead. Good evening, gentlemen. As you were pointing out, Eddie, we are facing a economic collapse worse than the Carter administration could ever have dreamed of. The way that uh, we're spending money on the government side, people are incurring debt. Why they're doing that, I don't quite understand, because with interest rates going up, when I was in the mortgage industry, it was 7.99 or 8% 30-year fixed mortgage, and I was running people $700 a month per 100000 finance, and with all the deaths, some of our friends that run estate sale companies and whatnot, they've got business more than they can handle. So there's going to be a flood of real estate coming on the market when we get over that ridge of demand and the interest rates actually kick in. The economy is not exactly supporting the house payments these people are going to be incurring. And with the fact that 60% plus of the commercial real estate in Albuquerque, like the strip malls and whatnot, are vacant, that's a whole lot of people that got chased out of the state. Thank you, MLD. So now we've got the kids that are getting out of high school who can't do math because they got common core. They can't even count out change because they don't even know what the coins are. And the homeless population, it would be nice if they had a place to bathe, a place to defecate on a regular basis. 
so that they might be able to actually go out and fill those jobs at all those places to say help wanted. There's too many people panhandling on the uh, sewer dividers when you make $15 if you walk across the street. All you got to do is clean yourself up. Come on, man. Give yourself some self-dignity. And unfortunately, your uh, advertisers are feeling the pinch of what has been going on with all this. I have not and, increased uh, prices on my advertisers. Uh, everything else is uh, on limits for you to speak about. So you don't know what you're talking about when it comes to that. But that's fine. Go ahead. Well, your advertisers, I try to uh, patronize their businesses whenever Thank we're you. in the area. Appreciate I that. understand that you uh, have not raised the rates. I understand that. You said okay. that numerous cool. times. Yeah, you can talk about anything else, but you don't get to talk about my business. <laughs> it's not funny, actually. That's what allows you to listen every single night. Oh, I know. Okay, I so know. if you want it to go away, talk, continue to talk about my advertisers. Love your advertisers. Thank you. Glad. That's enough. Go ahead. All right. Well, pretty much you already covered a whole lot of what I was saying, and I've already covered what I wanted to say. So. Okay. I'm Good. glad that you're on tonight. It's, it's re very refreshing to actually hear live radio instead of reruns. Okay. Yeah. Well, Mark Moss is live on Sunday nights. I just, you know, I'm just, I don't want to talk about cryptocurrency when it's not going to exist in about three years. Yeah. When the power gets turned out, what does crypto do? It goes over. <laughs> there you go. That's the, that's the most intelligent thing you've said all night. So good stuff. Dictionary, Dave. I appreciate it. anything else, sir. Uh, negative. Ed. Appreciate you. All right. Have a great evening. All right. You too. Good stuff. All right. Uh, all right, let's 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 get back to the economy because I think that this is an important piece um, to just talk about the Fed, okay? And let me let me calm down a little bit. I mean, we've talked about just, we're, we're sort of doing a wrap on everything and then connecting all the dots. So I think it, it becomes something, um, they become so om ominous that you can't help but be in a bad mood. You can't feel, can't help but feel the failure. And that is a bad place for all of us to be. We got ourselves into this position because we were putting off the pain. We have put this pain off for too long. Even during COVID, we printed ourselves into a position where it's like, oh, I guess I can stay home and invent a reason to stay home, even though I'm not really afraid of COVID. I guess I can continue to just go ahead and take money from the state government, the city government, the federal government. I guess I can continue to receive money from the federal government, and I think things are going to be okay. All those Netflix days and nights, all those days where you decided not to go to work because you were afraid of COVID, you are going to pay for. You are going to pay for this stuff. It's just a matter of when. It, it, it's, not, it's not a matter of if. It's the way the universe works, okay? Everything that you ever get in one way or another, you are going to have to pay for, okay? There is no free lunch. I did not take one single dollar from the federal government during the entire time of COVID. Not one. Didn't ask for help. I gave everybody else the help. 
I continue to put myself through the meat grinder of running for offices for what reason I still don't know. I, I honestly, I don't know why I ran. Knowing, you know, I'm, maybe I'm the hopeless romantic. I, I don't know what it is. But this is all ultimately about the richest people in the world. And the richest people in the world use as a vehicle to sort of control things, the Federal Reserve. Now, I'm an economist, okay? So I know a lot about what I'm talking about. It's money supply, it's interest rate, right? It's just sucks and blows, okay? How much money can we suck in? How much money can we blow out? How fast? I mean, everything just right in that tells you exactly. Here it is, folks. Two ex-federal reserve officials, now freed from having to set economic policies, are now coming to talk about it. Irrational exuberance. Do you remember that word? I know. Alan, Alan Greenspan, right? Kept... Uh, Kept loosening and loosening and loosening. It was like, oh, we're going to prolong the inevitable. Are warning the U.S. Central Bank they'll have to raise interest rates more than expected. Wait, I thought they were already raising it seven times. I thought they were already going to raise it five times, six times. I thought they had already raised it 0.75 of 1% with another four to five increases in 2022 alone. Wait, more than expected? What are we talking about here? If I just take quarter points off the next six, that's one and a half on top of 0.75. That gives me 2.25. They're telling you that that's not enough. That's putting us in the neighborhood of somewhere between six and seven. I was telling somebody this earlier today. I said, your, your home rates, your mortgage rates by the end of 2022 are going to be somewhere between six and seven and a half percent. Six to seven and a half percent. You don't think that that's going to drastically change the home buying environment? The U.S. Central Bank, the people who retired for that, have said they'll have to raise them more than expected and the outcome could well be a recession. Why are we putting off this recession? I mean, at this point, don't you have enough money in the bank? Didn't you receive enough money from the federal government? Didn't you make enough money during COVID and all this 36,000 plus in the, in the stock market? I remember, I remember watching Charlie Rose and a guy was literally on Charlie Rose. You can probably go back and look at it back in 1994, 1995. And he was talking about Dow 36,000. You made it. 27 years later, you made it. And it's unsustainable. The remarks came from the Fed's true most recent vice chairs, Richard Clarita, who until January served as one of the chair Jerome Powell's top lieutenants for monetary policy, who oversaw banking regulation at the end of last year, rank among the small chorus of other former U.S. central bankers, now offering up critiques where the Fed policy stands and is headed. He returned to academia as the economics professor at Columbia said on Friday, the Fed will need to raise interest rates well into restrictive territory. Do you know what that even means? Restrictive territory. That means 
penalizing you at the bank. That means you're going to have to pay the bank to hold your money. The views from the ranks of former officials come just as Powell ramped up central bank's battle with the inflation by raising interest rates a half a point, but all but promising two more such rate hikes by July. The pace of policy tightening is designed to get overnight borrowing costs expeditiously to a neutral range of 2.25 to 2.5 and in position to rise further if needed. 2023 and 2024 look well above four because you're still going to continue to try and take some of that heat off of the market. I will not be wrong on this. I will not be wrong on this. This is something that you have to pay attention to. So now we have all these, uh, this is the month of May, right? Everybody graduates this month, right? High schoolers, college graduates. Guess who's not going to get a a job? The class of 2023. Class of 2022, they've got to, you know, backfill all those positions. But they're not going to hold them for very long. And they can't buy. They will not be able to buy a home. Remember the 2030 agenda? You're not going to owe anything and you're going to be happy not owning anything. The salaries, the jobs, they can get any jobs anywhere they possibly want. The problem is, is these businesses aren't going to be able to hold these people on the books and take care of everything, right? Basically wiping their asses, making sure that they can take care of themselves with a COVID-19 injection or whatever else the government wants the corporation to do. Testing them taking care of their health, their health care, making sure that they have a pension. Those you, everything's unionizing. Now I think we got Amazon trying to use it. Apple's unionizing, right? (laughs) These companies and their employees are literally unionizing in a time when they're about to get completely and totally roboticized. Yeah. They're going to be like, do you actually need the person at Apple to help you? Honestly, think about this for a second. Hey, can I help you with that Apple Watch? The Apple iPad? Like when you walk in there, you know what you want. Producer Eric, you know what you want if you walk into an Apple store. You know what you're there to get. And then you can scan it and walk out and making sure that the things, you know, don't walk out with it. And there's a stack of them there. And uh, other than a guy holding a gun to your head, you, you can walk out with anything you want. But there's 30 Apple employees. They're all sitting around in the same shirt, purple hair, pierced nose, and ripped jeans. with their $800 Apple watch telling you how much they know and, and programming it into the little kiosk, their little automated handheld kiosk. Do you think Apple's not beyond slashing those jobs and getting rid of them? They didn't open their headquarters HQ for like three years. I don't even think check a uh, uh, producer. I don't even think they've actually opened up their HQ yet full time. I don't think they ever will because they don't need to. The guys as a recent graduate said it's nerve-wracking to wait for a best fit job. Best fit! You're going to be lucky to have a job in a year and a half, two years, Burke. Among those who have accepted jobs, 53% that their starting salary was greater than they expected. Well, 41% said it was what they had anticipated. It's going to be completely reversed in one year's time. They took a survey of 1,000 college seniors from Timely MD, a telehealth company, providing medical treatment and counseling to students. 
Salary is particularly high for priority for new graduates, raised in the aftermath of the 2008-2009 financial crisis. Even Wall Street is adjusting. Investment banking salaries are up 23% for interns. The rise compared with a year ago is even higher for new hires, 110,000 from 85,000. Those jobs will not exist because they will not be able to pay them. We're going into this brand new week. The world is going to change this week. This week. Percentage of uh, 2022 college graduates by number of jobs offered received. Yeah. 10% is receiving three to four offers right now. They can't fill them fast enough. By next week after earnings report, they're going to be slashed in half. On their next earnings report, two two months from now, it's going to be slashed in half again. Three to four is going to be one to two is going to be zero to one. That's the way this is going to go. Do you follow me on this? If I'm lying, you can stop listening to the radio station. But it's absolutely going to be the case moving forward. There's nothing else that I can say. Trade deficit, oil, costs, everything else. We haven't even factored in a, a minor COVID shutdown. Five fifty fifty five hundred. That's five fifty fifty five hundred. Sharp U.S. rate hikes warns of recession in the midst of a Russia Ukraine war that is coming in. So, uh, what do new grads want? Uh, did, what do you want in a job, Eric? Anything you want? You you just want to have a job at this point? I I like uh, I I need something that makes me happy, makes me feel like I'm like I'm contributing to to the fight to to a freedom fight a freedom fight i like that that's what i'm looking for right all right now. your purpose direction yeah you think uh these new grads are looking for purpose and direction i don't feel like they are i feel like they're saying well you know if i don't get exactly what i want everything that i want tailored everything that i need then i'm not going to take the job now there are some companies that are going to be sort of leading the way in terms of stock growth moving forward. So they're not all is lost. One of the tenants in this building, North of Crumman. That's right, folks. 6.7% gain for last week. Radio stocks, if you want to go ahead and make some money, invest in radio. How about General Dynamics, another defense contractor? War means money. World clearly changed with Russia's invasion of Ukraine. A major global power has crossed a recognized international border to take their territory by force. And as a result, the volume of uh, strong deterrence to war as an instrument of a nation's geopolitical strategy has not been as great since the middle of the 20th century. Our stock will surge. War means money. What about crops? Huh? Mosaic. Right. Crop demand out of China and a spike in neutral gas prices, a major input to make nitrogen fertilizer. Fertilizer. Why is fertilizer now going to go up? Have driven fertilizer prices higher. Natural gas prices are much higher. Mosaic, this past reported profits surging 323%. The company which produces phosphate and potassium fertilizer said the report restrictions and sanctions along with farming and supply disruptions from the war, would lead to heightened demand for thinner supplies of crops and fertilizer. You might want to invest in Mosaic. 
You might make a little bit of money. Oh, Chevron. Ah, hi, Chevron. Yeah, left 10% for the week. Why? They have the best possible composite rating out of any stock right now. It extracts oil from the earth, also runs refineries that turn it into gasoline and other materials. Why? Because we cannot get any more Russian fuel and oil because we have to buy it in rubles. Chevron earnings per share came up short of expectations, but as prices rise, the company said it expected lower production on the second quarter and higher profits overall. I'm Merck. Oh, Merck looking for higher. Rose 1%. It's in a uh, cup with handle base with a 90-point buy, according to whatever that means. As with other stocks to watch here, it has a composite rating uh, uh, in the 90s. The rating stands at 98. The stock jump following an earnings late last month, topping the buy point. Merck stock is on uh, the swing trader. How about Livent? Another one. It dipped, but the shares of the lithium battery product producer jumped this week following an earnings and strong guidance. Prices for lithium materials used in electric vehicles have risen as supply for those goods remains very limited. Huh. See what's going on here. Batteries, oil, fertilizer, <laughs> war. <laughs> Basically, uh, if you're focused on these, you're going to do quite well, ladies and gentlemen. There's a place to put it. And radio. Yes, radio. Maybe I could just play Jeopardy. Do you think uh, I, I can make some money doing that? Matea Roach. Yep, she's in the spotlight, and uh, 23 and done. That's right. Uh, Record-breaking run for her. She won uh, $560,000. Uh, she'll be back in the fall. She had a 23-game winning streak. She is a Toronto-based tutor with a nose ring, by the way. There it is. Not, not that we're holding that against her. Huh? Who knows? She might be freaky. Freaky-deaky with the... Uh, anyway, sorry about that. <clears throat> I apologize. Uh, was in the lead heading into the final Jeopardy, but she wagered $3,601. Not great at math. Great at, great at trivia, though. <laughs> she waged one more dollar than she needed to, and when she did not respond correctly, she came in second with $15,599. Challenger Danielle Mauer, who had 11400 wagered 4200 won with 15600 one dollar more than the woman who won 23 games in a row. I try to tell my kids, hey, it's not what you know. It's how you count the money. Right? <laughs> Is anybody gleaning any of that stuff? From, I mean, anywhere, anywhere else. Huh? How about uh, my dad literally tells me before the before the derby goes off. He literally says, oh, that's the horse that's going to win. Does he put his money where his mouth where his mouth is? No, he does not. An 80 to 1 longest shot in the history of and down the stretch they come. That's right. Kentucky Derby is hopefully going to be keeping horse race betting alive. But according to the CEO of Churchill Downs, what to expect for the 2022 and uh, beyond. They expect more and more people to be involved in the business. I wouldn't 
anticipate that. You get rid of the best trainer in Bob Baffert. You accuse him of cheating. I don't think it's going to be quite as much money as you thought. And by the way, the richest race in the world is what? Do you know, uh, producer Eric? Uh, what, what would you think it is? It's the Dubai World Cup. Yeah, it has nothing to do with the United States of America. It's a $10 million three-year-old race, the Dubai World Cup, where they literally spend $35 million plus in one day. One day! And it's no longer a run for the roses as the best. When you have an 81-shot win, anybody can win. This horse had only had two, two or three starts prior to. The guy did not even know until 90 seconds before the deadline, the man who owns the horse, didn't know 90 seconds before the, the final deadline that his horse was going to be in because one of the other horses got thrown out. The horse won with number 21. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the money's not here. The money's in Saudi Arabia, folks. It's not in the United States of America. The money is other places. How do we know that? Well... <laughs> Donald Trump's son-in-law, Jared Kushner, is investing Saudi money in Israel. Wait, how did it come again? His new private equity fund plans to invest millions of dollars of Saudi Arabia's money in Israeli startups, according to people familiar with the investment plan. If you're fortunate enough to own your own home, huh, and it's been a banner year, you might want to go ahead and take some of that money off the market and give it to Jared Kushner. These are normally rivals. When, when's the last time you saw the Saudis and the Israelis get together? Well, they're going to have to get together in order to make money because they both like money. That's right. Finity Partners has raised more than $3 billion, including $2 billion commitment from the Kingdom's Sovereign Wealth Fund. We have one of those here in the state of New Mexico. Has already selected the first two Israeli firms to invest in. Decision uh, marks the first known instance. <laughs> this is signs of the Armageddon right here. The decision marks the first known instance that the Saudi public investment funds cash will be directed to Israel, a sign of the kingdom's increasing willingness to do business with Israel, even though they have no diplomatic relations. <laughs> we know that anybody's going to get along when it comes to money, if they need to. Could we be helped by the groundwork for the breakthrough through the normalization pact between the two countries and coming by way of Jared Kushner. All right. Um, you want you want you, you want some sex appeal tonight? Let's do it. Got to play some. Uh, Got to play some sexy music. You got a little Barry White. Producer Eric have a little Barry White going on tonight. What do we got? Any any Barry White? Take a listen. Because it's no longer Peppermint Patty at the helm, ladies and gentlemen. For the White House, it's new White House press secretary, Corrine Jean Perrier. She is, uh, she's a lesbian. That's right. Oh, yeah. We so got it together. Hmm. Oh, we got our plan together. Corrine Jean Pierre. It's a really good plan. Here we are. Jen Saki out. Saki Saki. I can easily feel myself slipping, slipping more and more waves. That's super world of my own. Oh, yeah. 
nobody but you and me. Just you and me, Jean-Pierre and Suzanne Malvo. Yeah. This lesbian love fest includes... Oh, yeah. My last. Yeah. Suzanne Malvo. I bet you they're hanging out right now, having some good times. They just put the baby down in the other room. Mm. Mm. They're going to cuddle up. And they're going to go wash each other. They're going to come back to bed and they're going to talk about taking over with the first black press secretary who's a lesbian and the CNN correspondent. Uh, here we are. Suzanne Melvo will continue in her role as CNN national correspondent covering national international news and cultural events, but will not cover politics. Yeah, because it would be a conflict of interest. Not that sleeping with the press secretary and working for a media firm like CNN is a conflict of interest. My everything. There it is. That's right. CNN is going to... Whoa, look at that. Look at that. Malvo making... Uh, or excuse me, Jean-Pierre making Malvo jealous. Look how t- nice and tidy this is. Look at like, producer Eric. Look at that. Peppermint Patty and... Uh, I don't know what you... I don't know all the names of the Peanuts characters. And for the, the at the risk of uh, being too offensive racially, I, I can't find the... Uh, what, uh, token uh i know that on south park but uh, there you go anyway boy saki feeling it she's getting saki bombed there on stage by the way saki uh revealing when she's leaving the press secretary job and uh has announced the successor and it is uh, none other than kareen jean pierre a radical lesbian that's right thank you potus and flotus that's the first lady of the united states for the opportunity. It's a true honor. I look forward to serving this administration, the American people. I have big shoes to fill. It's been a great friend of mine, uh, Jen Saki, as mentor and excellent press secretary. So uh, I'll see how that goes. So I guess it's going to be no gloves are off. You got to be nice because don't be offended. Do not offend her. You're going to look bad every time you offend her because she's black and she's lesbian, right? And you will either be considered racist or sexist, right? Don't try to take her on. Yeah, there's no reunited. There it is. Suzanne Malvo, uh, a big CNN, big, big CNN person. She uh, faced scrutiny over her conflict of interest in the host Chris Cuomo covering his brother, former Democratic New York Governor Andrew Cuomo. She was embroiled in all of that, yeah. Uh, former Press Secretary Sarah Huckabee Sanders Father Mike Huckabee worked as a Fox News contributor, but that's about as far as the conflicts went uh, there. So anyway, stay tuned for that. That's going to be fun. We're not going to be able to say a single thing. Meanwhile, uh, <laughs> you're going to love this story. Uh, I don't even know if you happen to catch this. This I had to, There's a couple of crazy stories from over the weekend. Listen to this. An Oregon romance novelist who authored the fiction work How to Murder Your Husband is who is accused of killing her own husband in real life, allegedly slipped up and confessed to shooting her own husband by mistake, according to a prosecutor. According to the Multhoma County Senior Deputy District Attorney Sean Overstreet, Nancy Compton Brophy, 71, is accused of killing her husband, allegedly went into very great detail about shooting 
that that's very different than slipping up. Like, do you go into detail? Is that is that slipping? I don't think so. About the shooting with an inmate who she was living with. Nancy Compton Brophy killed her husband, Daniel, on June 2nd of 2018. So she wrote a book about it. Um, gets off on it. I, if it's after 10, I could play, play those, uh, those great riffs by uh, some of the uh, women out there against Roe v. Wade or uh, uh, against the overturning of the Roe v. Wade. And they talk about literally murdering murdering the baby did you did you catch some of this producer it's crazy stuff crazy crazy stuff they were like excited about it there it is anti-israeli activist and married to cnn correspondent Uh, how are you going to deal with all this 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 isn't good she looks uh very curious this is going to be our new jen saki you won't be able to say anything she will be the first black woman as well as the first openly gay individual to serve in that role there you go. They they did it in the Supreme Court, and now they're doing it with the press secretary. It's just it's nonstop. In addition to saying goodbye to the last ounce of fairness in the press, this administration may have had. Jean Pierre is a veteran anti-Israeli activist. She has been open about her animosity towards the Jewish state. She once served as a senior advisor and national spokesman for the extremely progressive group MoveOn.org, a far-left anti-Israel group known for supporting boycotts of the. Jewish state. So she's also a stint as a senior advisor, national spokeswoman for that far left Israeli group that advocates for boycotting, uh, boycotting the Jewish state. Uh, according to that, she's also, she uh, claimed that APAC helped the Trump administration sabotage the Iran nuclear deal. Also supported the group that credited with inspiring president Trump to enact the Muslim ban and has been known to spread anti-Muslim Muslim racism she accused the group without evidence of trafficking in severely racist and Islamophobic rhetoric. So a sign of things to come. Just when you think that uh, the 30% threshold for the approval uh, isn't bad enough, they go with a press secretary just like that. 550-5500. That's 550-5500. Oh, say two teens among the three dead at the West Side Party City shooting. So apparently not a spouse that didn't, didn't go there. This uh, coming from KRQE, Kirky. Here it is. Three people are dead after what police are calling a murder-suicide in a busy parking lot uh, on Coors and Ellison. When they arrived, they found uh, three people dead, two teenagers. Police found 53-year-old man who died of an apparent suicide, a 16-year-old boy and a 16-year-old girl. Is, Is this one of those murders? This is one of those pride murders in the Muslim community. Detectives are investigating the man, including the history of the female victim and her family. Oh, we're not going to get names. There we are. Yeah, we're not going to get names. So we're probably not going to be able to identify that as, uh, as expected. Um, by the way, ex-NFL linebacker Sean Merriman uh, spoke with TMZ on Friday, claiming to agree with much of what Antonio Brown, you know, Colin Kaepernick's uh, dating that radical Islamist uh, who's on San Francisco radio. He says, uh, he says, Sean Merriman, I don't normally agree with Antonio Brown a whole lot because of just the way with some of the things that he says. But I think this is the case where he's making a point. Think that more people are just upset about where it's coming from with regard to Colin Kaepernick. He appeared on something called Cigar Talk. Made numerous comments about Kaepernick. Brown said Kaepernick took the deal, quote unquote, took the deal after mentioning that he was given money, the commercial and a documentary. Wow. That's insightful. 
selling out for political means? Is that is that what I see with uh, Colin Kaepernick? You know, the guy wasn't even raised in like an inner city type deal. Okay, he had five years. His quarterback rating went worse year after year after year. Five successive years where it just went kept kept going down. Nobody even talks about that. He made the Super Bowl like, wow, they're racist for not letting him play. No, his quarterback rating sucked. Like he was one of the reasons why they didn't perform well. Anyway, let's wrap the show tonight. Uh, if, if you feel like it, uh, any calls, anything else you'd like to say? Want to go ahead and uh, give a shout out to the mothers. Can we, can we still call this mother's day? Is this still a mother's day with all the, yeah, yeah, we could do that. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if it's still mother's day anymore. <clears throat> Great write-up of the Daily Caller. It says, not long ago, Mother's Day was the quintessential Hallmark holiday. A holiday where children and spouses scramble to buy flowers, send cards, and organize a brunch to thank mom for the underappreciated work she does to raise the next generation. This Mother's Day, moms need something more than flowers and brunch. We need people to stand up and defend the very concept of motherhood. <laughs> it's not a tumor. Twins. Right now, words such as mother and pregnant women are being scrubbed from public discourse by woke activists who insist that common sex-based terms are not inclusive. The mother, the term mother does not invoke a distinctly feminine image any longer, drawing upon women's role not only in nurturing children, but in actually gestating and bringing them into this world. That's right. All you need to do is just hatch them. Millions of women are mothers who have never given birth themselves, but who embrace the sacrificial nurturing love and labor associated with mothering. President's fiscal year 2022 budget removed the word mother, by the way, from the section related to spending on maternal health, referring instead to birthing people. You're no longer a mother, you're a birther. Birther used to mean something else about 15 years ago. You Pet food gone wild in Rio Rancho. Oh, there, we go. there we go. Pet food's gone wild there. Take us out. Cue up the music there. Women are being referred to as bleeders and chest feeders. Even the sterile medical term vaginal birth is being replaced by frontal birth in the name of inclusivity. Yet none of those terms feel inclusive. They feel demeaning. Erasing the concept of women from our vocabulary isn't just a sign of continuously evolving culture. Judge Katanji Brown-Jackson's unwillingness to define the term woman at a Supreme Court confirmation hearing may have seemed like a joke or an artful political dodge. Now... It's now an existential crisis for this country with mother. If society can no longer agree on the meaning of the term woman, then how can we defend women's rights? It's not a hypothetical situation, but a reality women are living with today. The Violence Against Women Act now requires that domestic violence shelters, which are supposed to be places of securely, uh, security and protection for women who have suffered traumatic abuse, overwhelmingly at the hands of men, admit biological men who identify as women. In California and elsewhere, prisons are transferring intact biological males who identify as female to women prison. Some of these transfers are convicted sex offenders who have threatened and raped female inmates. And finally, today, female athletes are not only required to compete against biological males, but also to share locker rooms with them. Americans saw this most recently at the NCAA Swimming Championships, where clearly physically disadvantaged biological males stole opportunities to compete titles and records from deserving female athletes. There you go. Oh, well, you, you know, I, I, well, it just just hold off when we hit, hit the top. Let me let me wrap this up. We'll take on a, a caller. Uh, it, turn that from green to yellow on there. Do you see that? Do that quickly. See the green? Turn that to yellow. Got that? Oh, he did it. So across all sports, 
biological males are emerging and entering athletic competitions meant for women and girls. Mothers don't need a bouquet of flowers or a card, nice as those can be. They need to ensure that women still have legal rights, including the freedom to associate in single-sex spaces. We want this for ourselves, and we most fervently want this for our daughters. This was written by a woman. We need a woman's bill of rights that affirms that the terms woman and female, like motherhood, are rooted in biology and cannot be appropriated or erased. Carrie Lucas is the mother of five, vice president of Independent Women's Voice, which is advancing women's bill of rights. Happy Mother's Day. Hopefully you will take that on. Kala, you are in the Kiva to wrap the show. Thanks for calling in. Go ahead. Yeah, Eddie, I'm going to say that that uh, murder-suicide is likely a divorce with tensions, family tensions, and that the father killed his children and himself on Mother's Day in order to punish his ex for whatever she had done to him. Have you heard of those um, Islamic, uh, I forget what they call, pride killings, mother killings? Yeah. You know what those are? It couldn't be that, right? I doubted he killed his son and his daughter, according to your report. So it doesn't sound like I didn't have a report. I just read what was coming through. Uh, I was taking an editorial guess at that. Oh, yeah. Asking the question. Oh, I, I was just basing off of the only information I have is I heard one thing earlier today about the about that, but it didn't give as many details as you did. And I was basing it off the details. If it was a 50-something-year-old man and two 16-year-olds, one boy and one girl, then I was just going to – I was speculating that it was a, a divorce situation, custody issues, and uh, that, that whole thing, and that the, uh, as uh, too frequently happens, one of the parents decides to kill their children and themselves to punish the other parent let's uh let's uh let's let's wait to see for the details to come out so see what happens yeah there we go david thanks for helping us wrap the show uh eric thanks for producing the show we appreciate you very much i'll let uh any last words there from you eric no he's good all right you're gonna take us out with some good music uh shut david down we'll see you tomorrow bright and early 4 p.m right here in the kiva This has been the Rock of Talk uh, wrap to uh, kind of uh, headlong into a brand new week. I'll be doing this uh, every single night this week. We'll be going four hours. This will be very exciting. So I'll be going four to eight every single day. The last hour will be just me and uh, you and uh, everybody else out there who happens to be listening. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. See you tomorrow bright and early, 4 p.m. Have a good night. Oh, uh-huh. uh-huh.